Letter forty-seven of the history of Lady Barton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ivan Yuan from Shanghai High School International Division. The History of Lady Barton, by Elizabeth Griffiths. Letter forty-seven. Lord Lucan to Lord Hume, my dear Hume, I sincerely congratulate you on the operatical denouement of your Italian comedy, and think that even Metastasio. Has not wound up any of his catastrophes with more poetical justice than you have shown in the disposal of your dramatis personae. But the most enviable part of your good fortune is the having met with such a friend as Sir George Cleveland, whose knowledge of the world, joined to an excellent understanding. And an amiable heart, all which he has shown in the management of your affairs with Margarita, must render him once an object of your affection and respect, and afford you an opportunity of benefiting, both by his precepts and example. I have not the honor of knowing Sir George, but have heard his character, description, and story. He is neither older, wiser, nor better principled than you are. To what then are we to impute the difference between the preceptor and the pupil? To nothing more than a circumstance which I am glad to lay hold of for your instruction. He had conceived a strong but chaste passion for a woman of merit, whose name I know not. Than which nothing in nature more elevates the mind, improves the understanding, refines the manners, and purges the affections of man. His mistress is dead, I heard lately, but the influence of virtue reaches beyond the grave. For a heart once rendered pure, like a transmuted metal, can never degenerate into its original baseness again. I have often thought that many of the errors of our young men of quality are owing to a wrong choice of the governors to whom they are entrusted at the most critical era of their lives, which their passions are strongest and their judgment weakest. I mean, when they are thought old enough to be sent abroad for improvement, and not deemed wise enough. To conduct themselves, fathers and guardians on this occasion generally fix on some person of learning, which by the ignorant is frequently mistaken for sense, as what is called a liberal education is as falsely and frequently supposed to be synonymous with a liberal mind. The greatest blockheads I have ever known had been. Bred in college, neither absurdity nor meanness.
prevent a man from becoming master of a language, nor of arriving at a competent knowledge in any particular branch of science. But these are not the qualifications necessary to form a noble mind, and yet an ignorant pedant is not only the first person from whom we receive the rudiments of education, but is too often the last to whose final care we are consigned to receive that fine polish to which our mind and manners owe their most distinguished lustre. That moral animal, which both brightens and preserves. If I should ever be happy enough to see a son of mine at a fit age to send abroad, I shall endeavor to find out a governor for him. Yaveku, I mean one who, with a complete experience of the world, has both sense and virtue sufficient. To detest vice, admire virtue, and yield indulgence to the foibles and irregularities of youth and inexperience, whose morality should exceed the fixed and settled rules of vice and virtue in the schools, and whose principles of religion, though perfectly conformable to our established mode of worship, should, with regard. To the best characteristic of it, know no difference of sect, but extend itself to the outermost line of the great circle of charity, which embraces all mankind. You will perhaps say that I have drawn an ideal character, like that of a patriot king. It may be so, but the person I should select for such a purpose of entering a young man of rank. Or fortune into the world at large, should be some reduced officer, whose humanity had been rather softened than hardened by danger and disappointment. One who had been trained up in a school of honor, which may be styled the true sublime of morals, and such a guardian, preceptor, or passport through life. I should prefer to the whole conclaves of parsons, out of which class of men are too generally chosen the bear leaders of our modern clubs of quality. So much for governors. I think you judge rightly in not mentioning Miss Cleveland to Sir George, while your amour with Margarita is so recent. There is something. Extremely indelicate in professing a passion for a virtuous woman, before we have undergone a sufficient quarantine, after the contagion of an abandoned one, a man in such a situation resembles a centaur, half human, half brute, or at best he can but say with Cyrus's friend, Araspes, "I have two souls." Sir George is too good a judge of human nature not to excuse your infatuation in favor of an artful beauty. But how shall Miss Cleveland be reconciled to your infidelity, or on what security shall she rest 
her hope that you may not be subject to a second delirium. Indeed, my dear Hume, a year is too short for a term of probation, or rather atonement, though you were to spend it in the severe penance which your prototype Don Quixote endured. For the disenchantment of Dulcinea upon the Black Mountain. By the way, I think the constancy and sufferings of that renowned knight bear a much greater similitude to my sufferings than to yours, for I do not find that you resemble him in any point but your misadventures, which, like his, Was the natural and necessary consequences of madness, enthusiasm, and folly? I hope I may venture to say this without offence, as you have so seriously declared your determination of becoming wise incontinently. If anything could have tempted me to leave Ireland, at present it would have been to meet you in London, but. As you have now a much stronger inducement than my company to urge your return, I shall remain in what you call my sorrowful solitude, as it is now not only become pleasant but dear to me. For solitude is sometimes the nurse of contentment as well as of woe. From this hint, you will conclude my heart. To be more at ease than when I wrote last to you, and your conclusion will be just. It is indeed much more at ease, yet more anxious still. Love deals in contradictions, you see. I shall now conclude with subscribing myself, my dear Humes, affectionate friend and servant, Lucan. End of letter forty-seven.